0: Good morning, friends. Good morning. Welcome to Myers Park on this fifth Sunday after Pentecost. We're so grateful that we can gather to worship and praise our God together. My name is u Kim, one of the pastors here. We welcome you wherever you may be joining us from. Here we are. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor or relatively new, we especially welcome you. Please let us know of who you are. You can use the hospitality pads at the end of your pews at the, or at the back of your bulletin. There's a QR code. For those of us joining from outside our church, you can use the little uh, virtual hospitality link to click on. Let us know of your name, how we can be in touch with you, how we can pray for you and give you more uh, information about the ministries of our church. So grateful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Nathan. What else can you tell us today? A couple um, wonderful things happening this summer that I want
1: to draw your attention to in your bulletin um, is the Women's Summer Gathering. That's July 11th, 7 p.m. July 11th, 7 p.m., women's gathering. It's a great opportunity to come together. One thing that I celebrate that I've heard since the women's retreat in February is just how groups have gotten together and how it's really helping people walk along in their spiritual journey. So I hope if you're a woman that you will show up for that. That would be great. Um, And then we also have Merry Midsummer Market. Um, I know today feels like Christmas, so we uh, wanted to provide that opportunity for you with the temperature. Um, But what we want to say is Merry Market, every December, we help families um, through an empowerment ministry purchase gifts for their families. But we need you to help buy those gifts so they can buy them at a discounted rate. Go to our website, find out more information, buy some gifts um, to help these families with our partner agencies. Let us continue this time in worship. Thank you. And let us continue to praise God by affirming our faith with the Apostles' Creed found in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, In your bulletin, you'll also find our prayer of confession. Let us pray together. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us toward you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
2: The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 22 beginning with the first verse. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which i shall tell you so abraham rose early in the morning saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and his son isaac and cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Then he said to his young men, stay here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And he took in his hand the fire, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together And Isaac said to his father, My father, and Abraham said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Then Abraham put forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. and he said do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him for now i know that you fear god seeing you have not withheld your son your only son from me and abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: My son, Joel, he just finished his third grade. And by the way, whenever I talk about my kids, uh, I do ask for permissions now i used to not do so as he was ending his third grade at elementary school i don't know what spawned this but i just kind of kneeled beside him and i told him joel there'll be times as you grow older where you will no longer want to be around your father that you'll prefer to be around your friends i want you to know that that's okay that he will always love you whenever that happens I wasn't so serious about it. I just wanted him to be assured that as he goes through different evolutions and changes in his life, that I'm always going to be there for him, that I will love him always. Later on that week, just a few days later, um, as we were getting ready for dinner, Joel and and the whole family gathered. Joel kind of looked at me, and he started crying. And he said, Daddy, I don't want to grow up because I don't want to hang out with my friends more than spending time with you. I tell you, my wife got so mad that I upset my son that way. Uh, This was a couple days before Father's Day. I'll take the early Father's Day present. You know what I mean? Think about Abraham, how much he loves his son. He's 75 when he's called out of his homeland to go to a land that God will show him. It takes another quarter of a century before God fulfills God's promise. When God says, Abraham, you'll be a father of a nation, this is when Abraham didn't have a single heir. It takes 25 years before the birth of Isaac. So much has happened between those years. Did you hear what Martha read from Genesis chapter 22? God says, take your one and only son, son whom you love, and sacrifice him we read after these things god tested abraham tested abraham Akedah is a hebrew word for binding binding of isaac sacrifice of isaac that is the test sometimes we ignore the enormity of what's happening here so let's take a deep breath can you imagine I mean, can we really imagine? Why did, why did our ancestor leave this story anyways? It goes against our sensibilities. It conflicts with our ideas of God. It does not conform to our expectation. How can God ask us such a thing? for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac who represents the culmination of all of God's promises, to sacrifice his one and only son. Surely, the ancient writers must have known that we would be offended by this and that we would be tempted to look for different gods that's far more palatable to our liking. Despite the complaints, we are given no explanation. An Edinburgh pastor from the late 1800, Alexander White, he does not moralize or psychologize Akida. Instead, he writes, I do not understand this dark dispensation of God. All is dark. It's midnight to me. In order for us to even begin to contemplate this test, Akedah, we must look at the life that is Abraham. Abraham stands as a prototypical person of faith. Abraham stands as a person who shows us that faith is not something that is perhaps taught as much as faith that is inhabited. Faith is a way of not what we say, but is a way of being. Faith is a life lived. This is a story of a man who obeyed God when God calls him out of his only home to a land he has not yet known. This is a man who obeys God about the things that he cannot control to obey the God whom he cannot see. Abraham is a witness. He is a witness that allows us to see how one can engage in faith. We give up control. Faith means to choose to live a life apart from only relying on hard-earned empirical evidence as glorious and as impressive as these things can be, and instead, faith means for us to choose to live a life embracing mystery. We enter the life where we no longer attempt to dictate our own lives and the lives of others in our own term, but we live life just as these things are given to us as gifts. Gifts from God. Stories of Abraham's life and therefore his faith goes against the self-narratives of the world, self-help, self-improvement, self-health, self-care, self-discipline, self, self, self. So much self goes out the window Uh, for these things are commercial at best and destructive usually this life that abraham lives comes at a considerable risk but for those who engage in this life it enables us to inhabit a new reality previously unperceived while abraham As we know, as the father of faith, we notice throughout the gospel narrative how remarkably little we are told of Abraham. Of 175 years lived, we're told of 17 stories so as to warn us, to warn us from the temptation of trying to copy somebody else's faith. For each and every faith life lived is unique. Eugene Peterson teaches, faith today is often cliched into a feeling or illusion or a disposition of a wish upwards. An inclination easily disappear by a gust of wind or a distraction of a pretty face. So a way of faith requires a repeated testing so that we can discern whether we are dealing with a living God or some fantasy that we cooked up in a melting pot of lust and anger, envy and sloth, pride and greed. So we need testing. I need testing. Testing of faith involves timely rescue from self-deceit and a gracious deliverance from our delusions. And these tests are conducted with sacrifice sacrifice exposes spiritual fantasy as a masquerade of faith and with every sacrifice there exists a cleansing of the toxin of acquisition life of getting replaced by a life of receiving receiving the promises receiving the covenants receiving Isaac receiving the ram in the thicket. American poet Jeannie Walker writes, Sacrifice is as slow as a funeral, funeral procession in a rush hour traffic, a sort of word, other words pass honking. I love that. Sacrifice is as slow as a funeral procession in a rush Charlotte hour traffic a sort of word other words pass honking relinquishment is a prerequisite of fulfillment letting go of cramp self will allows space for god's expansive life of faith sacrifice is the only way in which a life of faith matures i wish there's other ways about it but here's the thing sacrifice is not diminishment not less joy not less fulfillment not less satisfaction but more so much more just not in the ways in which we expect it to be And there's no need to be glib about sacrifice. Akedah, binding of Isaac, stands as a protest against any glib or romanticism of sacrifice. We need repeated reality checks. Are we using God, or is God using us? Am I living under God's terms? Or am I constructing my God under my own terms? Do I serve God? Or am I a simple consumer testing God to see if this God can be profitable for my personal endeavors and conquests? So our faith, your faith, needs testing. One of marks of discipleship is testing. And we cannot, so here's the bad news, we cannot be trusted to test ourselves. You cannot be trusted to test yourselves. We are too tempted by our self-interest and self-deceit. We are too driven by the self to cook the books in our favor. So God needs to test us. Do we want God in our own image, or do we wish to live as creatures created in the image of God? So we're tested. In the binding of Isaac, Akeda, we witness the truth that we must be the ones to be tied down so that we can be set free, to live out the truth of our faith without any calculation. Again, Eugene Peterson preaches untested faith is nothing more than cultural cliche. And to be sure, while Abraham is a veteran when it comes to sacrifice, Abraham did not always survive the test. In fact, he failed the tests many a times. He failed the test in Gaelard. He failed the test in Egypt. As we heard last Sunday, Abraham failed a test with Hagar and Ishmael. But each test left Abraham with less of himself and more of God, letting go of self-sovereignty in order to embrace God's sovereignty. Abraham did this for 100 years. And maybe by now, Abraham knows to live trustingly. And so he goes on a three-day journey to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his only son, his beloved son Isaac. There is remarkable similarities of Genesis 12, when Abram is called out of his home to an unknown land, to Genesis chapter 22, when God, after these things, tested Abraham. Both times we read, Abraham goes. He got up, we read, he rose, and he went. Faith means that we put our trust in God. And we don't know how God is going to work out our salvation, but we simply trust that God knows what God is doing, and God will work out our salvation. Mount Moriah is a centerpiece of faith that culminates in Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine. Thanks be to God. Amen.
3: Friends, would you join me in a time of prayer? Almighty God, creator of all that is, you rule all the peoples of the earth. You are a God of justice who gives us the freedom and the power to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. You call us to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, to reject the evil powers of this world and to repent of our sins, for you are a God of mercy who forgives sin, who changes hearts, and who always, always, always loves us. For that justice, mercy, and unending love we give you all honor, glory, and praise. Lord, in your mercy. God of peace, we confess that we are more ready to proclaim what we are against than to affirm what we are for. We would rather prove others wrong than to listen and learn and seek areas of unity. We would rather fight about what we believe than to share the good news and we're more interested in asking you to support our actions than in finding your truth and following it. Oh God, forgive us. Save us from our contentious attitudes and give us hearts of compassion and inclusion. Transform us more into Christ's likeness. Recenter us in you. Lead us in your way that the world might learn of you through us. Lord, in your mercy. Gentle Shepherd, we have so much weighing on our hearts and minds. We worry about changes in rules and laws, and we're dismayed at the continued injustice and violence in our society. We're sick at heart because not all of your children live in safety or have enough to eat or even a place to sleep. We mourn this day with all who grieve the passing of a loved one. We ache for those who are ill, and we cry for those who have lost hope. And so we lift all of these into the healing light of your presence, asking for your comfort and your strength. Gracious God, even as we ask for your comfort and healing presence, we pray that you will use us to reach those in need. Lord, in your mercy. Generous God, we are grateful for so many of the blessings and freedoms that we have, for the freedom to have life, liberty, and to pursue happiness, all of which are gifts from you yet we acknowledge that not everyone has equal access to those gifts. And so teach us to use our freedom, not to protect and enrich ourselves, but rather to work for your kingdom in which all people are truly free. Lead us in your ways, eager to follow you, not because we are forced to do so, but because out of love and honor for you, We want to follow you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as we prepare to give to God his tithes and our offerings, I want to mention to you that this is summertime when so many people go on vacation. Guess what? The church doesn't go on vacation. We're still here. We're still all about serving God's kingdom. And for that, we trust in your continued generosity. Thank you so very much. God, on this weekend as we celebrate freedom, we acknowledge that we have freely received and therefore with joy we freely give. Use our gifts for your purpose in your kingdom we pray. Amen.
0: Friends, brothers and sisters, may you go in peace. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.